We are live streaming from Veritas in Iowa City, uh, also called Veritas and Tiffin. Uh, I'm not alone today though, guys. <laughs> this is my friend, Crystal Johnson. It's killing me that she's six feet away from me. Um, but we're just showing, we're modeling, you Doing know, right. social yeah. distancing. But this is very abnormal for two good friends to sit this far away from each other. Mm -hmm. So I just want to draw attention to it that this is weird. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I am um, live streaming again today because we are fighting isolation, right? We are made to live in community. We are made to be together. Um, but this world is not as it ought to be. This world is suffering right now. Uh, different degrees for all of us, but one of the repercussions right now of, of living in a fallen world is that we can't gather like, like we want to and like we are made to do. And so my friend is six feet away from me mm -hmm. and we are together going to try and fight isolation. Um, we are going to kind of do a, a faux small group. Um, for our Bible studies, our women's Bible studies at Veritas, we always start with a small group discussion, and we'd go through our Bible study questions and, um, yeah, just hear each other's questions, insights, and, and how it applies to our lives. And really, Chris and I are just doing that. We didn't rehearse, didn't rehearse this or anything, but, um, yeah, I'm excited. And um, I asked Crystal to come because um, she is a dear friend but I learn a ton from her. And that's specifically why I asked her to come. So Crystal, why did you say yes to me? Why were you willing to come on here and do this awkward thing called a live stream and go off the cuff with me? Mm. Why'd you say yes? Yeah, I would say that even before the coronavirus hit and yeah, even just like, it's been a few months that I've just already been in the midst of suffering and um, in a smaller way. And then in terms of adoption right now, it just got into a bigger way. And so I just, when you asked me to talk to you about suffering, I was like, yeah, I feel like God has just been priming the pump for me. I've been knocked down on my knees for a few months now. And so I was like, yeah, I feel like there is plenty for us to talk about and to encourage people since I've been feeling it for a while, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for, for being brave. And one of my favorite things, you're kind of one of our members of our teaching team that teaches in our Bible studies. Mm -hmm. And I, I know many of the women have just been equipped and encouraged by you and love your authentic style. So thank you ahead of time for just letting us into your heart and your mind and maybe just your struggle mm -hmm. of, of both the last couple months, but now the coronavirus. So yeah, we just want to talk, if you didn't um, Zoom, if you didn't follow our Tuesday Live, I just want to give you a little bit of context. Um, so about 200 women here at Veritas have been doing a study called Suffering, How the Story of the Bible Helps Us in Our Pain. And this live stream is not just for people who have been in that, but we're hoping that um, we will see how the word from Genesis to Revelation can anchor us during suffering. And so that's um, part of what we're gonna be referencing just for the next half hour is what we have learned through the study, um, mm -hmm. but also going beyond that and how it really applies now to our, not just our state, not just our country, but our world. So yeah, Crystal, just teach me. <laughs> Tell me all the good stuff going through your mind. Yeah, when, when you asked me, 
it, like, will you just get on live with me and talk to me about, you know, what you've been learning or what stood out to you from the study? I was like, well, I don't know. What do I have to share? So I, like, literally just grabbed my journal and went back to um, just the beginning of January or went back to week one. And um, it was really fun. And so... I thank you for just giving me the chance to look back and be like, yeah, God has been working in the midst of all this struggle. So I feel like just the, this last week, I was able to look back and be like, okay, let's kind of try to figure out what has God been showing me in all of this stuff. And so when I opened my journal, um, I looked back at when um, uh, Pastor Jeff had taught us about the tree analogy with Psalm 23. So if you go to Veritas, you know that he was referring to we want to be uh, like oak trees, that our roots are so firmly planted in our identity as a believer that no matter what the weather, we are able to withstand um, suffering because of our roots. And so at Connection Group, um, one of our January conversations I remember really clearly was like, in 10 years, when you look back on your life, what do you want to have something be true of that? And I remember telling my group, like, right now it feels like summer. We just got off Christmas break. My family, like, things are just feeling really good. But man, like, when I look back in 10 years, I want to be able to say, no matter what happened, no matter what my life circumstances were, that I was able to say glory and honor to his name through all of it. And then Jeff said that a wham comes. And like literally two days later, after I told my group, like, I want to be an oak tree. I don't want to be so dependent on what's going on around me to feel fine or be okay. Like two days later, boom, our wham hit. And my journals changed to like, it's not summer. Mm -hmm. The storm came in. It was like under the radar. No, mm -hmm. you know, meteorologists saw it coming. Mm -hmm. Like the storm changed. And I mean, I felt that personally with our family situation, but I think a lot of us feel that way now. Like, the weather has changed. If it was summer for you before, it's feeling a lot like less like summer, mm -hmm. and it's feeling like winter, and so we want to, like, redirect our attention to, okay, the circumstances right now aren't how we would choose them to be. We don't like what's going on, but how can we know that these truths aren't just things for us to read or cute phrases to have in our home, but they're... they're literally truths that we can tap into that will change the way that we do today. Mm -hmm. I, I'm reminded of a couple different ways we've said that over just a couple years of doing Bible study mm -hmm. together. You know, we want more than just sound bites of the Bible. We want the whole story of the Bible to mm -hmm. inform us and encourage us. Mm -hmm. uh, one time we talked about how we don't want just the Word of God to just be like a sticky note on us, but we want it to be something that dwells deep inside of us. And that's, yeah. Um, guys, is there anything I should do for the microphones before we keep going? Okay, our magic guys in the back are going to make it all good. <laughs> um, so that's something that now more than ever, man, guys, you don't... The word of God's all over Instagram. Everyone's making posts. Like, mm -hmm. those are good. They're good reminders. But we want more than just the soundbite. Mm -hmm. We want more than just the encouragement that kind of hits us at skin deep. And then like, these are hard times, whether you're healthy or sick, uh, lonely or not, hope-filled or fearful, we need the word of God to go deep into us and for the promises of God to work their way through mm -hmm. us. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that was just making me think. So like week one, 
of the study, we looked a lot at Romans 8. Um, and I remember something that Rebecca asked us was when Paul was sharing these truths, what was our reaction to that? Are we saying like, Paul, get real? Or are we saying, I'm with you, Paul? So maybe I could just read those verses that we were referring to and then, mm -hmm. um, yeah, kind of continue that conversation. Okay, so Romans 8, verse um, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's Son to be revealed. Um, and then it goes on to say, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? No, we hope for what we do not see. We eagerly wait for it with patience. Um, in verse 28, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be um, conformed to the image of his son. Okay, so after reading Paul's amazing truths, reminding us that our sufferings do not compare to the glory that's coming, uh, there was like a spectrum of Paul, get real, or Paul, I'm with you, and you asked us to kind of put like, be real, where are we feeling? And I, I put my ex on, I'm with you, Paul, but then I was left with like, okay, I am with you. I 100% believe that these words are true, but the reality of my today feels far from what that what that promise says. And like literally just right here on my notes, I just drew a picture of me. And then there was like this tornado around me of just like the chaos of what life felt like. And I was like, I would wake up in the morning and say, okay, I choose joy today. I choose to believe in these promises and I want to hope. And then boom, like just the chaos just would come reeling around. And so it was like, how, how do I believe? Yes, Paul, I'm with you that this is true, but today is still happening and I still have to get through how I feel today. And so the part of the picture that I was missing was it was me in this tornado. And then when I'm just looking out, the only thing I can see is chaos and despair. And yeah, just like this looming like defeat. You know, you try to pick yourself up, boom, like the wind just keeps knocking you down. Mm -hmm. And then I, I added to my picture just this huge sun above me. And I was like, when we choose to look up, like we've been talking about in Bible study, to look up and to look out, then I'm reminded of his glory and his truths that are always there. It's not that the sun or him, that whatever image you want to use, has ever changed. My tornado picked up speed and it made it more distracting for me, right? I was more tempted to just look outward at my own life, but we have to pick our heads up. And when we do, we see him in all of his glory, all of his truths are still true, his promises are still true, and the more that we can look up and out, then like the tornado just kind of settles, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm, I'm gonna stop telling God about this huge mess around me, and if I just choose to use my thoughts to think more about him and more of the things that are true, then that speaks to my mess, right? Rather than me trying to just only be stuck in my own mess and my own thoughts. Yeah, 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 that's so good. You were talking earlier about how the world right now just feels eerie, mm -hmm. is that the word you said? So I think 
we all are interpreting it differently and experiencing life differently right now. And mm-hmm. I talked about that on Tuesday. It's like some of us are incredibly fearful. Um, some of us are just annoyed. And I think the invitation in whatever, wherever you are today is, is to, lift, to lift our gaze and... Um, and so I, I love that. I think that the invitation from Romans 8 is to hope for what we cannot yet see. Mm-hmm. But man, if I could just, something that we try to do a lot in Bible study is whatever book we're in, we try and say, what have we learned about God mm-hmm. here? And my favorite thing to meditate on right now is that everything else is changing, mm-hmm. but God does not change. Mm-hmm. And you know, here's a little snapshot of what it of what it really looks like in my home, guys. I have a s- sweet little boy who wants so much to do well in all times. So even like in suffering for a young elementary boy, he wants to do well. Hmm. Um, and so I've watched him have a good attitude and reimagine his schedule and take disappointments well. But last night, he had already been in bed for two hours. And he came in and just wept. Hmm. He just cried to me. He's like, mommy, I can't even put words to what I'm feeling. And, hmm. and I just held him there for a little bit and just, you know, I did my, the rule that all communicators need to do where you count to 10 before you say like the magic answer that's gonna make everything better hmm. <laughs> for the person that's hurting in front of you. So I just like held off for a second, just scratched his back. And then just shared with them, like, buddy, I feel it too. Like, I feel like mm. everything is changing and it feels eerie. Pause for another couple seconds. And then just tried to lift his head and say, but do you know what's not changing? Mm. God, God never changes. He is always faithful. And it just, it, I needed to say it out loud mm. so that I could remember it, you yeah. know? Like, so even if I'm not terrified of getting sick myself, I just... All my work goals, all my home goals, all my, there's just so much uncertainty ahead of mm. us. And um, God is so gracious to lift our eyes, to lift our chin to, to his face, to his character, to watch, watch him never change. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that's unique about this, you said like your son was at first like doing okay, you know, but then like it's not going to end for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And so like something that I was thinking about was like my normal reaction to suffering is what can I do to fix it? Or, okay, I know this week is going to be hard, but on this day things are going to change. And we yeah. just kind of like set ourselves up for it's like when it ends, then I can feel peace. But I think we're all in a really real way having to be like, okay, God, I need to figure out what that means to meet you now. And when you say that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding, one that we cannot comprehend, that's what I need today. You know, we can't wait for this to be done to breathe again. You know, we need him to like, to catch our breath now, you know? Um, And so like personally with my own suffering, I was feeling that we were given a timeline with our adoption that we would have more certainty in six months to a year. And I was like, that doesn't work for me. I can't breathe. I literally feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel so sad and just uncertain. It was out of my control. It didn't look like it was going to, you know, obviously end anytime soon. So I was like, okay, Paul, your perspective is the only one that I can have because mine's not working for me. Fix it or wait for it to end's not gonna work. And so um, 
it has been so cool just to see God literally provide peace in the midst of it. And one thing, you had recommended the book Kneeling Christians to me, and I've been reading that. I asked her, like, help me understand prayer more and just that. Which the irony is I didn't even read it myself. But I I like to recommend books, and then I get the feedback from them, and then I, you know, move on to a different book. Well, something that it said. Thank you you for telling me so many good things about it. One thing that I really loved was it said the number one thing that Satan wants to do to derail our prayers is to fill our thoughts with our needs so that we're too distracted to think of God. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, isn't that true? We're so busy. Like, think about even our conversations. We're like constantly getting the news. And then when we are talking to someone on the phone, it's like, how are you doing? Yeah, but really it like just quickly tailspins into like, all of the mess of everything, you Mm -hmm. know, and our prayers do the same. It's like we start to talk to him and then we just derail into our own mess. And so even our thoughts and our prayers, just like, what are we thinking more about? You know, Mm -hmm. like even when the chaos and that tornado is happening, the thoughts are reserved for him, you know, and if that just means like repeating the Psalms back to him or yeah, just things that remind ourselves to look up and out, you know, that's maybe one of those practical ways mm-hmm. to kind of get out of your own mess and to get up is just by not thinking so much about ourselves. Yeah. I guess it's part of it is like an invitation to see a bigger picture, <sighs> but that just, that can be a miss for me. Like, let's be really honest, like to look out into the camera and say, ladies, just th- remember the big picture, this too shall pass. I don't think that that is gonna land super effectively mm. with everyone. But it kind of, but I think it's, it's close to something helpful. So it's, it's reminding me of, okay, our study on suffering right now, we opened up with something along the lines of, this isn't about seeing our troubles as smaller. Like we don't need to just look at each other and say, it's not that big a deal, or you know, belittling mm-hmm. each other's anxiety or <laughs> moodiness. It's not that your sufferings need to be talked talked down. Mm -hmm. It's that you need to see a bigger hope. Yeah. But that also reminds me of last summer when we were in Colossians. We kind of talked about, tell me if this sounds familiar. I might be making this up. We talked about, it's not about um, talking about our identity as being smaller Mm. but about seeing Jesus as bigger. Mm. So we were in Colossians 1, and we only were in like nine verses, right? Mm-hmm. For the whole summer. And yeah. each verse was, is a study on Christ. And so it was this invitation to see Christ as so much bigger yeah. than we had ever seen him before. And I think that those two, those two lessons are pulling true right now. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need to tell our friends, our sisters, our, our churches, our small groups, mm-hmm toughen up, like just be more optimistic, like just fill a page with things you're thankful for. Maybe that does help, but I don't think it's about belittling this. And I don't think it's about some trite statement, like, like, yeah, this, this will pass Mm -hmm. because it might not pass for a long time. Yep. Is what, is what you're saying. Like, we don't know when the tornado will, yeah, will be behind us. And the reason I'm smiling is because we literally did not plan that, and I don't like that. I would way rather like have it scripted and have it planned, but it's just, this is so cool because 
I didn't know our conversation was going to go here, but that is like the crux of what I was feeling this whole two months of suffering was like, it, it's, it, it can't just be waiting for it to end. Like there's truth for it now, but like there was a really cool analogy that God gave me in um, like our suffering, everyone's right now isn't over and mine like with the coronavirus, obviously all of us, but like our family situation, we're still in the midst of just this long waiting too. And um, I was feeling like God was teaching me like you, you don't just wait for it to be over to like feel the truths and the peace that I'm giving you right now. But um, we got some good news. And so we do feel like we can kind of breathe in a new way. And my husband and I were talking about it the other day and I was like, man, this kind of just feels like cheating. Like mm. we got good news. And I wonder like if we really would have had to wait that whole six months to a year without just like a drop of good news, like would I have stayed faithful? And I was like, man, I feel like I would have been able to say like, oh, God was just about to teach me regardless of good news, that's true. And then I realized, wait, Yes, all of those things I was feeling were so true. And I yep. felt them like literally, Rebecca, in a, in a physical way, like showers, mm -hmm. just weeping. Mm -hmm. The only thing I could listen to was the lament playlist. Literally, like I'm a teacher. And so while I was with my kids, I could like kind of unplug from myself and be distracted enough and mm -hmm. the spirit filled me enough to do my job well, but they would go out to recess and the moment that my room was empty, I was like, where's the garbage can? I'm gonna throw up. Mm -hmm. I do not feel okay. I was absolutely broken and just sad. And so like to the people that are like, oh, that just sounds like just waiting for it to end. Like I, I, I get that 100% mm -hmm. and um, like I felt it in a really real way, but now that we got this droplet of good news and I was like, oh, that feels like cheating, then I feel like what God was teaching me was like, that's the thing though. Like right now, when we were on our walk talking about it, I was like, do you remember just like how horrible it felt? And my husband described it like it felt like we were on the edge of a cliff and someone was about to push us off. Mm -hmm. Like that's where we were. And we're like, yeah, we remember that. But it's a memory now. Mm -hmm. And we literally now like feel so differently. And I was mm -hmm. like, wait, that's the thing. It's not cheating that we got good news. That's the truth for everything, that at some point we will be able to stand here and look back and yep. all of this at some point will be a memory, yep. you know? And so I was like, okay, wait, like we're, we're onto something here, you know? So we kept talking about it. And I was like, so then what does that mean? Like, it doesn't mean you tell the person like, just think happy thoughts or it's fine. Like what I, what I felt was real, you know, mm -hmm. in those moments of like being really broken, it was okay to feel that in that way, but being reminded again and again that like at some point Absolutely. it will just be a memory was really helpful. And then that day at nap time, um, our little buddy woke up and his routine is that he has to wait until his red light singing a lullaby changes to a green light and the birds are singing. That's his cue. Rest time is over. He can come out. He, he, his alarm clock in his own body just wakes him up a few minutes before that. So he'll come trekking out. He's all sleepy. Um, then we pick him up, bring him back and say, it's not over, you know, like rest mm -hmm. time. There's just a little bit more left. Aww. And when he's in his right mind, he can normally just lay down. We say, you can read a book, mm -hmm. you can snuggle a bear, whatever, just wait for the birds. Um, and, but 
usually it's okay. Sometimes mm -hmm. though, oh my goodness, it's like full out just screams and cry it. and despair. Yeah. yeah. And I went back in and I was like, honey, the birds are coming. Like in oh. a few minutes, they're going to be here. And I was like, yeah. think about it. When the birds sing, you're going to be smiling. You're going to be happy. So I'm yeah. like, you, you really don't need to be scared right now because you know that the birds are coming. Yeah. He just smiled and giggled and laid back down. And I was like, man, God, that's literally me right now. Like yeah. the birds are coming yep. and he's saying like, no, literally the glory and the goodness is gonna be bigger. Mm. How bad and how big you're feeling it now, inversely on the other side, you know what I mean? Like we're gonna yep. feel it to that extent too. So I was like, hmm, how do we wait well? You know, yep. knowing that Good. the birds are coming, there's, you know, it's not ending. You do still have to go back to your room, you know, whatever <laughs> that analogy is. But he didn't have to be scared you know, he's, he didn't have to be okay with it either. He would have rather come out. I would rather our suffering end. Yep. But I think we really can wait differently, like Paul is saying, because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it doesn't diminish that the suffering is real and hard, but in light of knowing at some point, all of this is going to just be a memory and a yep. glimpse of time yep. is like, okay, yeah. we can Love do it, it differently. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Such good perspective. It's so good to make yourself say it out loud. Go tell someone, hey, this is all going to be summed up in a paragraph soon. Mm -hmm. And the last sentence of that paragraph will be the promise of God that got you through it. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, some days it is hard for perspective to come. And maybe we just need to be sent back to our room, literally yeah. or metaphorically. The verse that has just been bouncing around in my mind is... Um, that the Lord gives rest to those he loves. Mm. And honestly, like I shared on Tuesday, I, I feel like God has invited me to not strong arm these weeks of mm. my life. Like don't just try and lead, lead women through this or lead my, my boys through this. But um, how did we talk about it? Like essentially like acknowledging the yeah. suffering. And so I haven't been sleeping. I, mm. And that is like a first time in my life. Um, and I, when I'm awake in the middle of the night, I'm like, sweet, I, nothing is distracting me from praying right now. You know, yeah. like, so I can just cry out to the Lord. And I keep saying that promise that the Lord gives rest to those he loves, mm -hmm. even while I'm not getting physical rest, because mm -hmm. I know that what that verse really points to is the same thing that Paul is pointing to, that it is a future day mm -hmm. of rest. That that is a promise for those of us who are in Christ. And you know what? If if sleepless nights is what makes me weak and dependent on the Lord right now, then okay. You know, mm -hmm. like I know that I'm going to keep asking for it because he's my father that I can trust. And so I'll keep asking for it. But until then I will say like, Hey, mm -hmm. when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah. And at the heart level, Lord, send me back to my room. Yeah. <laughs> like, like with yeah. your buddy, <laughs> like just yeah. send me back to my room and I will wait expectantly for the birds the birds to sing. Yeah. I like how we're just using as much spring language as possible. Yeah. Keep it coming. Bringing, not even yeah. metaphorically, just bring spring, God, please. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I also think like what you're talking about reminds me, again, what's the truth about God here? Well, he is the master storyteller. So mm. that's a big aspect of the study that we're in, that we're doing right now is that God wrote a huge story and he's the main character one of the lessons that has been most profound for me 
that was week, I think, three, where we were in Exodus. And it's interesting, when you, when you look at Paul's words, he um, uses the word groaning several times, mm-hmm. as if he's trying to get us back into Exodus. Because in Exodus, we read that the people of God who were enslaved, mm-hmm. enslaved were groaning, and that God heard their groaning, that he saw it and that he knew it. And when you map Romans and Exodus together, it paints a pretty beautiful picture of God mm. who, who stands and, and not far off from our suffering, but who sees it and knows it and remembers his covenants, remembers his promises and comes near. Mm-hmm. Because then the story of Exodus just goes to just this beautiful story of God drawing his people out, coming near to them, speaking mm-hmm. identity over them. And, but it's all built on the backbone of his promises. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think practically, I mean, maybe we could just close down with that. Like, let's make sure we don't, sometimes I think you and I like to talk ideas. Mm. <laughs> we spill a lot of words on ideas. Practically, what, what can we remind mm-hmm. InstaWorld and Facebook <laughs> of that, you know, of what would help them, you know, get through today. I think Mm. there's the big picture things, but we also, I mean, one of my favorite things about the way our pastor preaches here is he's, he never misses the chance to be applicable and Mm. practical. Yeah. Um, So got anything? I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but is there anything that helping you get through the day today? Like with your example of the Exodus story, like at some, like when we read that story, we read the whole thing beginning and the end, and we see them get to the promised land. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But like, if we just pause it, like at some point they were in the wilderness, not knowing what the next day was gonna look like. And we can be like, okay, they were at that point and we're at that point. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes we, when, because we can read the stories and see the whole big picture, we're like, oh yeah, I mean, Abraham had to like maybe sacrifice his son. Like Daniel was in the lion's den. It's like, but if we paused and didn't know how it ended, that's where we are now. And so I just think like, okay, so we're in the middle of it right now. Yeah. What are we gonna do? Um, I like the one word that comes, or like the phrase is just don't jump ship. You know, nice. like they, they were just like, oh, the promises, it can't be. Let's go back to slavery. Like, forget it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, you're literally only listening to your emotions and not to anything that's true. And I feel things hugely. And so for me, I think today, my application is my emotions, as big or as small, whatever moment they can, whatever they are in the moment, do not get to decide what's true about my day. And so instead of when, when I can, you know, you can feel your heart racing a little bit. You're like, oh my goodness. Okay. We did three days. We have a month left of this. Like what if things like really start to get hard at home? Or what if all of a sudden this isn't really like just peaceful anymore? I can just start to feel myself get anxious. My application is going to be my emotions don't get to choose where my thoughts go. I'm going to silence them with either literally play a worship song and sing that instead, say a psalm, you know, mm-hmm. write one down. I think a big thing for me is just being in charge of my thoughts yeah. and not letting them yeah. make me want to jump ship yeah. on everything that's true. That's so good. Maybe my application today is um, to just try and be creative with what comes our way. You know, we don't know when this is all gonna change and it's, it can be eerie. And so maybe this is an opportunity for creativity. Um, so you can 
steal ideas that you see coming from all the other people online, yeah. but also just like being flexible, being willing to uh, not take yourself so seriously and just do something totally mm. random, whether that's uh, new books, new music, new recipes, new workouts, or just anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to, mm. it's a way that I think as image bearers, this is a time that we can reflect a creative God. Mm. How are we going to fill our days with creativity, creative ways to have hope, creative ways to just get it to nap time? Yeah. But maybe the most practical thing we could say is that we should all be sent to our rooms. <laughs> we should nap during this time we if we can. That's not yeah. a very spiritual thing, but that might be what I take. Is yeah, there we go. You heard I need to be sent back to my room. <laughs> More nap. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Well, ladies and I guess gentlemen, if my dad's watching, hey dad. Um, we're gonna wrap it up now. Um, this, so this Tuesday and Thursday is going to be kind of the new norm for the women's live stream. Next week on Tuesday, my plan is actually to give the teaching for week five of our study. Um, so it'll be just me. And then I hope to, again, on Thursday, have somebody else come and just um, reflect God's goodness to you. So I hope that you will tune in and share this. Um, watch for the other uh, resources that Veritas is putting out there. Um, yeah, and just know that... Um, God is on his throne and he loves us. So grace and peace.